Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 9th, 2016. My name is Phil Prosperneich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, we have a big show for you planned today as the Orlando Magic take on the Minnesota Timberwolves at home, back in action after Monday's quote-unquote game. Uh, We'll figure out what that was later. Uh, And I'm also going to talk a little bit today about Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton and how they're playing to start the season uh, through seven games. But, you know, we have a little bit of a sample size to to begin drawing out some conclusions and some things that uh, we want to talk about as well. But before we get going, I do want to say a quick word from our friends at SeatGeek. The NBA season is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There is nothing like being in at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want to, you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether it's that's courtside, the club seats, the upper level, uh, at you know standing at the at the Bud, Bud Light base, baseline bar, in the Ozone, wherever it is, SeatGeek has the tickets for you. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I've used it many times, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Of course, the Magic have two home games this week. That's two home games. They play tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm looking at the SeatGeek right now, and there's a lot of green dots and tickets as low as $13 to get in to see the Magic play the Timberwolves on Wednesday. If that's a little too quick for you, you can go to Friday's game against the Utah Jazz. There are a ton of green dots in the lower bowl even. Tickets as low as $30 to get in on the lower bowl and tickets as low as $13 to get in the building using SeatGeek. Of course, that's when I'm recording this. Those tickets could be gone soon, so I'd, I'd maybe jump on that. And here's the best part of all, if you're looking to jump on it and get tickets to, to these upcoming games, my listeners get a $20 rebate. That's right, a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get the rebate. To get the $20 rebate on tickets, you download the SeatGeek app. You go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. You enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's LOMAGIC. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. So the Orlando Magic had another kind of hard video session, uh, really another, you know, looking at the tape and kind of understanding what went wrong in Monday's blowout defeat to the Chicago Bulls because the, the path does not get easier, or maybe it does, who knows, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves coming to town. The Minnesota Timberwolves come to town 1-5. They lost to the Brooklyn Nets earlier on Tuesday. I actually watched that game, and the Nets did whatever they wanted offensively against uh, the Wolves. And, and I think the Nets 
the Nets, I don't know where they rank in the NBA, but there a lot of people consider the Nets probably one of the worst teams in the league, at least talent-wise. But they played hard. They got some great contributions from Brooke Lopez. Uh, they got stops. They got out on the break. Uh, and they took it to this Timberwolves team. Much like the Magic, Minnesota is still figuring itself out. And really, much like the Magic of maybe even last year or the year before, Minnesota is just very, very young, and they make a lot of young player mistakes still. Uh, that was the big thing that I took away. You know, Some of it is certainly effort and focus, and, and Tom Thibodeau is going to get them under control at some point, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, some of it is they get to the basket, they just, they just don't quite finish. They don't quite have that last little bit. They go away from certain things, or they get a little shot happy, a little pace happy. Uh, things that young teams do. That's that's what young teams do, unfortunately, in this league. And, and right now, Minnesota looks like they're going through some growing pains and coming down to Orlando from Brooklyn on a back-to-back, on a road-road back-to-back. This is a great opportunity for the Magic. This kind of has that perfect storm feel to it. And, and, and uh, it, it's very similar to what happened in the Chicago game, actually. Chicago uh, has one of the worst defenses in the league, and they buckled down and played really strong defense against the Magic, coming off a blowout loss to the Indiana Pacers where they were not in the game at all from the beginning. Now, that was another game that I watched uh, and the Bulls were out of it from pretty much the beginning of the game. So the, the, the Wolves are coming into Orlando, coming off a game that they didn't play well, but they were in it at the end. They had a chance to win it. Andrew Wiggins went off. I think he had five or six three-pointers. Carl uh, Anthony Towns did his usual work. Zach Levine was a little inefficient, but he's a dangerous player. Uh, they're going to attack the Magic and the Magic are going to have to be on point defensively to have a chance at this game. But if they come out strong, which they haven't really done so far this year, if they stay pretty level-headed and consistent, if they keep attacking, most importantly, they have a good chance, I think, to pick up a win here. And not just a win, a kind of schedule loss win over over the Wolves. The Wolves are going to be tired. It's going to be a long trip. I'm sure many of them are awake um, with what's, go- what's going on nationally, and, and I don't want to talk too much about that, but uh, just because that's not the point of this podcast, but you know, we're, we're all in this country. We, we all know what's going on. We, you know, some of us did stay up and watch that, uh, and you know, I'm going to be tired tomorrow because of it too. Uh, they're coming off a plane doing it. The Magic are doing it at home. It's a little bit different, maybe, perhaps. I don't know, uh, but that push, pushing that to the side, the Wolves played a very competitive game last last night. They both teams were in the hundreds very early in the fourth quarter, or like midway through the fourth quarter, so earlier than you would think. And they really pushed the pace. So there's going to be some tired legs. If the Magic can get stops, get out in transition, this game has the makings of a schedule loss. It, it just it just does. It's just the way the schedule sets up, and the Magic have to treat it like that. They have to come out attacking in this game. And of course, that raises another question that has perhaps been uh, going around Magic fans for a while now that this team has, has struggled some to start the year, and that is the lineup. Could the Magic make a lineup change? Well, according to Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Sentinel, it is something that Frank Vogel is considering at the moment. According to Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Sentinel, uh, you know, he Frank Vogel said, quote, I've thought about it a lot, but he's not, but I'm not sure right now. Uh, it's quote, I've thought about it a lot and end quote. Uh, and then Vogel said, I'm not sure. It's, it's not clear right now what the magic are going to look like. Certainly they haven't gone off to the starts they wanted, especially on the defensive end, uh, against the bulls on Monday. Frank Vogel said at one point when the magic were, were leading and kind of keeping up with Chicago, that it's like an all-star game out there. Whoever plays defense first is going to win this game. And, and lo and behold, that was Chicago 
that won that game. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of back in that situation that we were in, or like, around Thanksgiving last year. I think it was, I think it was like shortly before Thanksgiving or shortly after Thanksgiving where the Magic changed their lineup. They've moved Victor Oladipo to the bench, put Channing Fry, helped kind of balance things a little bit and, and it worked initially uh, for the team, for the team. Uh, it, it could be looking like the Magic are trying to do something similar uh, with this group, who they move. Um, the the speculation is that Bismack Biombo could be pushing his way into the starting lineup and pushing Nikola Vucevic to the bench. Um, you know, I've had some conversations where I thought, you know, maybe you pull the trigger and give Mario Hazonia a chance at the three, move Aaron Gordon to the four, and Serge Ibaka to the five. Um, I don't quite know if the team's quite ready for that. I, and frankly, I think Vucevic has been better defensively. I, if, if there's a defensive problem on this roster, it's probably Serge Ibaka at this point. Um, Vucevic is actually defending shots at the rim better than Ibaka. But then again, when Ibaka locks in, plays better, he blocks shots, he's, he does all the things that Serge Ibaka does. And and so maybe this is a, a tactic to, to light a fire under his team to say, hey, no one's job is set. I'm thinking of reshuffling the lineups, reshuffling the rotations, and we'll see what happens. So Magic are not quite... Um, uh, not quite settled on what they're going to do, but like I said, this Minnesota team is coming in tired from a from a tough game in Brooklyn, a tough loss in Brooklyn. They've lost a lot of games right now. Um, this, you know, Minnesota could very well come out angry and attacking and beat a really porous Magic defense and make them look silly. I don't think Minnesota's quite that team yet. That a veteran team, I would be more worried about that. Uh, but with the length of the trip, the youth on this team, the mistakes that they still make, and the way they're still struggling a lot on the defensive end, it's very uh, similar to uh, very similar to, to how the Magic are playing right now, where they have a really good defensive coach and they just can't figure things out defensively. Um, you know, if this turns in, if the Magic can somehow get stops, get out in transition, this could turn into a very positive result uh, for the Orlando Magic and, and something that uh, they can they can build on. Uh, for the future. So uh, that'll be something to look out for on Wednesday night in Orlando. Of course, when we talk about lineup changes, I think a lot of what we're kind of dancing around then is this question about Aaron Gordon at the three. Probably the number one question or number one comment I get on Twitter during games is, man, Aaron Gordon just doesn't look like a three to me. And yes, I, I would agree that his natural, not, not his natural, his best fitting position is probably at the four. Um, I do believe, I personally do believe that. Um, I think that he is a better fit there. I think that he uh, ultimately uh, is going to kind of find his way there on offense, on de- on defense. He's a three. Uh, let, let me let me get this straight. Let me let me kind of say, clarify this when it comes to the starting lineup. I think the Magic, they don't quite have the personnel to do this, and I think this is something they'll look for in the trade market once it opens up in December. The Magic need to find a stretchy four who can play the three on offense. And there's a few names I have in mind, One of, and they're probably not going to be very popular. One of them certainly isn't. Um, but, you know, there's rumors that Danilo Gallinari is uh, available. He's a guy who can defend fours but play the three on offense. And, you know... Frankly, one of those guys is Tobias Harris, who can defend fours and play the three on offense. Um, 
he's a I I love that Harris Gordon pairing last year. I thought it was a really really good pairing for for him for the versatility that it brings. But uh, all that you know, trade talk aside, Aaron Gordon has value in this league. He's proven that really already this year. He's playing defense at an elite level. I think t- opponents are shooting thirty nine percent against him uh, so far this season. That that's opponents he's guarding, shots that he defends, they're shooting 39% against against him. That's really good. And Aaron Gordon is probably the Magic's best perimeter defender. So having the ability to put him on a Jimmy Butler, on an Andrew Wiggins, on a Kawhi Leonard, on a you know Kevin Durant maybe who knows we'll see on the LeBron James he did a good job against LeBron James uh, in the game in the in the game earlier this year. The ability to do that is powerful, and that's why I think the Magic are so determined to try him out at the three. So at this early stage of the season, how is he doing? Is he really playing that bad? Well, he's averaging a career-high 11.6 points per game. That's that's a good place to start, and certainly a lot of that is his minutes have bumped up to about 30 per game. He's shooting the three-pointer actually decently well. He's shooting 36.4% on three-pointers on about three attempts per game, 3.1 three-point attempts per game. That would suggest, you know, he's making three-pointers. And and I think, you know, if, if he can bump that percentage up to 37, I think teams are going to have to start respecting him as a, as a spot-up shooter, especially in the corners. Perhaps he's been a little too liberal with his with his three-point shooting. Perhaps he's um, been willing to take more than, than you would like to see him take. But at the same time, it's good that he's shooting them with confidence. And slowly but surely, and I, I, this is how I feel. I don't know how, how you guys would feel. I feel when he takes a shot, especially an open shot, it's going in. So I think Gordon has begun to develop himself as a potential three-point threat. We'll see. It's only seven games, so it's a smallish sample size. Uh, So we'll see if that continues. But so far, I really like what I see from Aaron Gordon, at least as a three-point shooter. What I'm still a little skeptical about, and I think this is why the the fit offensively at the three is probably not where he belongs long-term, is he's really rough off the dribble. He is averaging three assists per game, so he does have a little bit of playmaking ability. He is able to move the ball, um, but he also has 1.4 turnovers per game, so he's turning the ball over probably a little bit too much. It's actually looks like it's in line with his projections according to basketball reference, but um, it does look like he's turning the ball over a little bit too much, and most importantly, he's shooting 43.1% from the floor. That would be a career low for him. Of course, it's a short career. Last year, when he was playing mostly the four, he shot 47.3%. So a lot of that is because he's around the basket a lot more. So Gordon is around the basket a lot less, so he's taking a lot more contested jumpers and and especially a lot more pull-up jumpers. And for Gordon's development, you certainly want to see him continue to develop that and continue to grow uh, in that skill. But you've also got to do what's best for the team sometimes, too, and move the ball along or realize that that's not necessarily a great option. Gordon as a driver is still a work in progress. I I, I think, and, and this is something that I watch for a little bit with Gordon too, um, his dribble is not super compact yet. Um, he'll sometimes let, dribble the ball a little too high, which makes it easier for opponents to knock the ball away or kind of knock him off a little bit uh, rather than kind of keeping a kind of low, tight dribble. And it's, you know, I would say maybe about waist high, a little bit below the waist, I, pro- I, would, I would imagine is probably the correct um, spacing for a, for a good dribble um, just makes it harder for for opponents to swipe at it. It's closer to the ground, so you can move a little bit quicker. Um, you know, it, 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 
I, I, that's at least what I think. You know, maybe someone, maybe maybe if you're a coach out there, you can tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. But but I definitely noticed that it seems like Gordon's dribbles get a little too high, and it, it causes him to lose some speed and get out of control and lose some leverage to to get by defenders. Gordon is just not a driver quite yet uh, offensively, and I think that's where the the concern about him playing the three arises, and it's a fair concern because that just may not be the player he is. He may need to try and get some more post-ups where he may, might be a little bit more successful. Um, and that's, of course, tough with all the bigs the Magic have now on the roster. Uh, he may need to be simply a spot-up shooter and do and, and a slasher. He's a really good slasher. When you give him a screen and he runs off it to get to open space, he is dangerous because he'll get around the rim pretty quickly or he'll, you know, once he springs free, he's pretty good. He is pretty good about getting the basket. He's just not able to create for himself yet and really not able to create much in the pick and roll quite yet. Um, it, it's, it's all still just a work in progress. You can tell that he's still working some things out and figuring out what his role is and, and perhaps maybe even a little over eager to shoot the ball on some occasions. Uh, so far, though, I, I don't know how to exactly characterize the, the Gordon at the three experiment. I really don't. Um, it's To me, it's seven games in. There's enough there for me to want to continue experimenting with it. It's not costing the Magic games yet, I don't think. I mean, if the Magic have a spacing problem, that's not a surprise. They knew they would. Um, I don't know if, remove, if moving Gordon to the four, sliding a bucket to the five you know, solves that completely and keeps whatever defense you think you're supposed to have. Um, the defense is, is just is still the thing, of course. And I think you lose a lot. Def- you, what, what little the Magic have defensively, I think you lose a lot of that moving Gordon off the three and to the four more formally. Um, that's, that's just my opinion right now. Uh, and so offensively, I think Gordon just has to be adequate for now. And... He just has to do enough to to justify him being out there, I guess, uh, and make enough shots to keep defenses honest. And some nights, yeah, Gordon doesn't do that. Um, I, I think in, in seven games so far, um, there have been some nights where Gordon looks really invisible or he is trying to do too much for himself and he, he doesn't quite get all the way to, he doesn't quite get to the basket or he's looking for his own shot too much. But at the same time, he's been very, very confident with his shot. He's been more than willing to to take to take shots and try to drive and make things happen. Uh, and that confidence is growing. The production has to grow with it. Uh, but you know, I think Gordon's still very much a work in progress in, in that sense, uh, and that's that makes it very difficult to judge. And his defense is such a plus. Um, I, I mean, I can't I can't describe what a plus his defense is. I mean, I think. Besides that shooting percentage, he is a one point plus one point five defensive box plus minus this season, um, which is very good. Um, not not elite good, but very good. Um, and especially for a bad defensive team to have that high of a defensive box plus minus, I think tells you the kind of defensive impact he has uh, on the perimeter. Um, he's not a bad rebounder for his position, uh, so I think finding ways to get him closer to the basket will make him more effective offensively. But at at this point, at this point in time, I'm not ready to give up on Gordon at the three. I, I've seen enough to make me think, okay, this is still worth trying. There's, you know, not a lot of moving pieces we can we can do. Um, developing Gordon, kind of picking a role and a position for him, I think is really important to his growth, and, and conversely, then for the team's growth. And so I think keeping Gordon there for now 
is probably the right way to go. So we'll we'll see how that uh, how that continues to develop uh, throughout the rest of the season. And that, of course, brings me to his running mate, Alfred Payton, uh, also drafted in that same draft and also full of plenty of questions. I think uh, I, I think that Alfred Payton uh, is another guy that has a lot of questions about him. Uh, he is uh, he is someone who um, has some flaws, has some fatal flaws, perhaps, uh, and is someone that. Uh, the the magic are trying to to develop and see what they really have in him and let him lead and it's tough to really say much more than that. I mean, this was a year where Alfred Pre- Alfred Payton had to prove a lot about himself. He had to kind of tell the league or tell the magic at least, I can be your starting point guard, and that means getting the basket. That means getting assists. That means cutting down turnovers. That means making jumpers, feeling confident about his jump jump shot, and very similar to Gordon. So far, he's at least been confident with his jumper. He's not been afraid to let it fly. He's taken 11 field goal attempts per game. He's only making 39% of them, which is lower than his previous two years. He's taken more threes, 2.7 per, ga- per game, and shooting 15.8, but he's been confident taking them. Uh, and and I think that that number has been decreasing over the last two games. Uh, when uh, I, wrote, I wrote a little something about Alfred Payton, um, a couple days ago, um, I think it was before the Washington game or right after the Washington game, um, Peyton was shooting a much better three-point percentage. Um, you know, he's averaging 13 points per game. He's shooting uh, 39.4% uh, from the floor, um, but was still actually he was at 12.5% from beyond the arc, so I take that back. He was not shooting well, but he was taking those shots and, and seemingly confident taking them, and, and the Magic were confident because he was taking them that eventually they would fall. Um, I, don't, I don't know about that logic, but certainly the Magic were um, encouraged by what Peyton did. Uh, his points per game are now down to 10.7. He's averaging 6.6 assists per game. That Those numbers seem flat, you know, to flatline compared to last, last year. So it, it feels like... Earlier in the year, I thought Peyton was playing very, very well. I thought he was getting to the basket. Um, I thought he was really direct, directing the offense well at times. Um, not afraid to shoot it, but you know, still struggling with the same spacing issues uh, that everyone else on the team has been struggling with so far. The last few games, he's become a little bit more passive. Uh, and, and when he's passive, the Magic are not as good of a team. Um, and you can see that in the way his his percentages and his averages have gone down in the last two games or so. Peyton's got to be in attack mode. That's how he proves his point this year. That's how he, you know, he, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he knows he has a lot to prove this year. He's got to prove that he is this team's starting point guard because so many people are doubting him. They're saying he can't shoot, and that's killing the magic spacing. And to some extent, it is. That that's not a un, that's not an unfair analysis, and I think Peyton knows he's got to shoot the ball better. But like like Rajon Rondo, a guy he that he played on on Monday, if he can get into the paint, if he can weasel his way into the paint, cause the defense to collapse, that frees up so much more for his teammates, and especially in transition. Alfred Payton is very good in transition, and so like so many other players, you get the stops. Peyton's going to take it to the other end and score. I mean, I think last week he was averaging seven points per game in transition alone, and he was like fourth or fifth in the league in points off of fast breaks. 
So Peyton has a good strength. When he's going downhill with some pace, he is going. He can turn games around. He can really, uh, really dominate games in, in some ways. But he's got to play at that pace. He's got to move at that move at that level. He's got to get going downhill when he's going left to right. When he's having to navigate, you know, over screens or or you know, guys are laying off him, daring him to shoot. You can kind of see the wheels turning, and and I think that's the ultimate weakness with a player like Alfred Payton. You can there are moments where the wheels are just turning, and he's not in attack mode. I mean, this is something I'm, I, I talked a lot about when, when I was previewing the Minnesota game today. The Magic got to be in attack mode, and it starts with Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's the head of the snake. When he play, and it was this way last year too. When he plays well, the Magic are a different team. I would I would honestly say Alfred Payton is probably one of the more important players on the Magic. You can tell how they're playing by how he's playing. And earlier in the year, especially during the three game win streak, he looked really good. Even during the losing streak, he had his he when the Magic were playing well it was because he was playing well. So, to me, the point Payton's got to prove is he's got to be consistent. He's got to make his jumper a lot more consistent and a lot a lot better. He's got to attack a lot more. He's got to do a lot of different things now for this Magic team. And that part's not easy for him. It's 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 a lot of growing that he has to do and it's a lot of pressure this year. This is I mean same thing for Aaron Gordon. This is a contract year essentially. They're extension eligible next summer, and if they want to get paid by the Magic, they got to prove something this year. And like I said, Aaron Gordon has developed an NBA skill. He's he he is in my mind going to be an elite defender. He said at practice today, "I believe I can win Defensive Player of the Year someday." That was something he said back uh, in his on his draft night press conference that I, I'm going to win Defensive Player of the Year someday. And frankly, if he can get on a winning team, I believe it. Because that guy can defend, and and P three did a study uh, with him over the summer. He had the fastest, like lateral quickness they've ever seen. And if you don't know what P three is, it's this it's this uh, sports science lab. They do a lot of training with a lot of different players to just kind of measure uh, measure a whole lot of things. Kyle Korver swears by them. Uh, a lot of NBA players end up going there to get tested and kind of see what the results are. And Aaron Gordon just off the charts with with what he does on. The defensive end and, and his defensive skills, and so Gordon's begun to prove some things to him. You know, he doesn't quite have a fit offensively yet, but defensively, you know what he's going to bring you. Alfred Payton is is still much more of a mystery. And as the Magic go through this season, as married as the Magic have been to Payton, if if he doesn't begin to play with that edge and that aggression that can make him special, then he's going to be the subject of trade rumors or the Magic are going to be in the market for a point guard. And, and certainly I think fans have have already kind of hit that point with him where they're they're sniff they're sniffing around. Um you know I feel I feel a lot of I feel a lot of bad trade offers on Twitter. Um and a lot of them a lot of them involve point guards. And I, I do agree that that's probably going to be a need um unless Alfred Payton and I, and I believe in Alfred Payton. I think Alfred can get to that level. I've seen him play that way. Uh, and I, and again, the Magic are better when Alfred Payton is playing well. So, um, and, and that sounds really basic, but but the Magic are significantly better when Alfred Payton's playing well. So I, I do want to see that consistency begin to develop. 
uh, in Peyton, uh, and that's that's kind of what he has to prove this year that that he can be consistent. All right, that will do it for me on today's show for Locked On Magic. Uh, remember to check out our pals at SeatGeek. Uh, plenty of tickets still available on SeatGeek and for uh, tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as Friday's game against the Utah Jazz. So be sure to check that out. We'll be back with you again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. We'll have a complete recap of Wednesday's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as uh, other fun stuff I'm sure will pop up during the game, as well as uh, some conversation. I'll probably talk a little bit about Mario Hazonia uh, on on Thursday's episode, and, and uh, you know, unless he completely doesn't do well against against the Wolves. But we'll we'll cross that road when we get there. I'll, 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 I'll have something good planned for the show then. Uh, as a quick reminder... Be sure to submit your questions for the mini mailbag. I'll be doing it. I, I want to try and do a Friday mini mailbag each week. So send me your questions about the magic. You can do that to our Twitter account at Locked On Magic. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic, or you can send them to uh, me at uh, to my personal Twitter account at Omagic Daily. Uh, as as well, use the hashtag Locked On Magic. Be sure to also like us on Facebook. Uh, Locked on Magic there as well. I'll be posting some podcast-specific links, some articles that I use to, to kind of use as a jumping-off point for our discussions here on the show. I'll do that daily as well as some other great podcasts around the network as well. Um, and you you're, feel free to submit your questions uh, for the mini mailbag uh, on the Facebook page as well. So like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Like, I, like I've been saying, Fastest growing podcast network on iTunes. You can follow us on iTunes, Audio Room, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can find the other great Locked On podcasts. All the teams in the NBA are covered, as well as all the teams in the NFL. Daily podcasts, your team every day, just like the just like the intro and outro say. Um, so you can find them all on iTunes and Audio Boom, as well as I'm sure anywhere that you can find podcasts. Okay, I need to go decompress. It's been a long, long day for me. The Magic are back in action Wednesday, so it'll be another long day then. Uh, I will see you all for I will see you all tomorrow for Philip Ross and Reich on Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. Have a great day. I'll see you all tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.